This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mother Knows Death, starring Nicole and Jemmy, and Maria QK. Hey everyone, welcome to Mother Knows Death. Let's get started with the story of the week. So our first story of the week is super bizarre and I'm so interested to follow it as we go along. So a few weeks ago, this guy hosted a party with three of his friends to watch the Kansas City Chiefs playoff game. According to this man, he goes up to bed after the party's done, thinks his friends left, doesn't think anything of it, right? So he goes into what he says is like some 48-hour sleep period, which don't you think that's weird to begin I, I with? Can't, I seriously cannot even sleep like four hours in a row, so I just don't even understand how this is possible, but continue. Okay, so this party ends. He says he goes to sleep for essentially the next 48 hours until he gets woken up by the police telling him that the three friends he believed to have left are dead in the backyard. So Okay, this is, <laughs> this is a great story. So it starts, it starts getting wild from there. So what ended up happening was, I guess in his hibernation period of some sorts, he did <laughs> notice that their cars were still outside, but didn't think it was weird because, A, it was winter there, there may have been snow on the ground, it was cold. And they were drinking, so it wasn't that unusual that the friends would leave their cars there. He thought maybe that they took an Uber home or somebody picked them up. So that's number one. So a couple of days goes by, and obviously these guys' families don't hear from them and start getting concerned. And they're calling the homeowner, being like, hey, where are they? He's not answering because he's sleeping, allegedly, this whole time. So... The fiance of one of the guys goes to his house two days later, knocks on the front door. The guy doesn't answer because he's sleeping and then goes around to the back. I'm assuming to knock on the back door and then, oh, shockingly, finds her fiance is dead on a lawn chair on the back porch. So then as she starts looking around more, she sees the other two friends are dead in the backyard as well and is obviously very distraught about this. So the police arrive. They start banging on the door more. And that's when the guy finally wakes up and is like, Sorry, I was sleeping with headphones on and with a fan. I didn't hear anything going on. And there's just kind of this big question of what happened. I I don't know. I just think that, it, you know, obviously this is upsetting to the family members that found them in this condition. But just knowing that this guy was sleeping for 48 hours, I think that there was probably drugs and alcohol involved in in all of this. So Obviously, they're doing an autopsy and you always have to wait forever for the toxicology. So as soon as that gets back, we'll talk about it more. But I don't think that there's going to be anything mind blowing in this case. It just seems the only way that you could sleep for 48 hours is if you're on drugs. Okay, like I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. So or a coma. (laughs) So, you know, either way, I just I I don't think there's anything real. 
it is weird that three people died at one time, but I don't think there's anything super mysterious about it. Yeah, I mean, since this has happened, the guy was arrested because it seems super suspicious. But they, the police have now said, first and foremost, this case is 100% not being investigated as a homicide. So I think that has something to say that drugs or something else might have been involved. Um, there was thoughts that they froze to death and couldn't get back in the house. I don't know what you think about that. but well, It's possible, but they would have had to been severely intoxicated that they they wouldn't have left and noticed that it was time to come in like a normal sober person would. So it is possible that that was their ultimate cause of death was hypothermia, but it it certainly was induced by by something causing them not to leave. It it doesn't seem like they were found strapped to a chair or there against their will. I I don't know. Just let Let's move on to the celebrity news because I don't think there's really much more to say about Well, yeah, this. I just wanted to wrap that up, but the homeowner has now gone to rehab, so we do know uh, some okay. substance <laughs> abuse was involved in some capacity, but yeah. All right, all right. let's get on to the celebrity news of the week. Okay, so something we've been talking about in the gross room this week is personally my least favorite subject in the true crime world, which is stalking. So... Speaking of Kansas City and everything, Taylor Swift has been in Kansas City and kind of going on the road with her boyfriend who's on the Chiefs. And while she's been away and living in her various other homes around the country, (laughs) this man has been arrested for the third time in five days in front of her New York City home. Yeah, so stalking is is a huge issue. And I want to tell you guys some statistics because it really is Shocking. This is according to the Bureau of Justice, you, and this is U.S. residents only over the age of 16, that they concluded that 3.4 million people were victims of stalking, and 29% re- of them said that they reported it to police. It's more common to happen to females than males, but it does happen to males too. But 67% of them that did report it to police said they were in fear of being killed or physically harmed. So that's this is a this is a serious issue and you can have like different situations of it like with Taylor Swift she doesn't know who this guy is or you could have a situation like my friend Amy Harwick who was murdered by an ex-boyfriend so it's it's really it could go either way but it it's still it happens uh, it's happened a few times with celebrities that they've been stalked and really harassed so bad and and even killed in some circumstances. Yeah, and they're saying that this guy had been seen at her residence in New York 30 times since November 25th, 2023, so that's only about two months, and the caretaker for the property had told him to leave 10 times. The police were fully aware of this, and I was thinking, you know, she is a, a woman of means, and she's very lucky that this isn't her only residence and her only options, because sometimes women are victimized by stalking, and they have nowhere else to go, and they just kind of have to deal with it, because from personal experience I, I've had myself and with my friends, I know that it's really hard to get restraining orders against people, and from tales I've heard from my friends that They've had somebody following them around that's threatened to harm them and they go to the police and they're like, well, if they didn't actually hurt you, we can't do anything about it. But when will it cross that line? Yeah, I I mean, people with the resources of Taylor Swift, she has an entire security team at all times. And it's so scary that 
Well, part of the problem is is that there's there's no there's really no repercussions for people because the guy just kept getting arrested and then going right back. And yeah. when when is when is it that you look at it and say this is not normal? And it's actually it's not even scary just for Taylor Swift. It's scary for anyone around her, even the security team around her, but even her neighbors. I know that her neighbor was really freaked out that this guy kept coming back and thinking about just like living there and having to walk back and forth to your house. And some guy that doesn't even want anything to do with you is now potentially going to hurt you because you're in the middle of it. It's just, it's, it's, it's really unacceptable. Yeah. So now they're trying to introduce this new legislation called the 21st century anti-stalking bill. So this would kind of circumvent stalkers getting arrested and having to have some kind of record before further legislation could go through. And this could help victims go directly to the court to try to handle it instead of people getting arrested and getting released immediately. And then sometimes I feel like that escalates and makes things worse. So I would love to see this go through. And it's definitely a really scary thing that a lot of people deal with that they don't talk about publicly because it's so scary. and. You know, giving a person that's not well enough to start stalking, giving them a little slap on the wrist by arresting them and letting them go is just not doing anything at all. So we need to try to change the system here to help victims of this because it's really scary. You know what's nuts? Over 50% of women who are victims of homicide, they have reported that they were stalked by their intimate partner before they were killed. I mean, that's yeah. that's crazy. And and you just look at that and you think like, well, why why isn't something being done about this? It's just completely unacceptable. Yeah. And something we are going to really push for after we we just covered Amy's story this week in the gross room, but she had two restraining orders against her murderer and it didn't really matter. And one of them expired. Why do these things expire? Uh, ever. And the thing is, is that when she when she put the last restraining order into play, she didn't hear from him from eight for eight whole years, and then he saw her and snapped when he saw her and killed her only and, a few and, weeks later. Yeah, it's just like such a crazy story. But they they really just need to keep it. How about you have the chance to go and take the restraining order away rather than it rather than it expiring? You know, it just why would it ever expire? If a person is stalking you to the point where you go to the police and you want to get a report made, then why would it ever expire? Yeah, and not that a piece of paper is really going to stop anybody anyway, but at least in the case, in her case, her restraining order had expired years before, and he kept harassing her after their run-in a few weeks before her death. So at least if the restraining order had been still active, then he could have gotten arrested in violation of that. Not that that seems to matter anyway, but it's just such a flawed system, and we have to work on this. It is so incredibly scary. Well, also, if if he if she had still had the restraining order when they saw each other at that awards dinner, he probably wouldn't legally have been able to stay there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that that's where it started. But yes, the harassing afterwards for weeks would not have not that he wouldn't have done it. But some I mean, look, he did get a restraining order eight years prior and it did keep him away. So it did something back then when it was put into place. So I, I don't know if they work. Maybe maybe there's no proof that they work or there is proof that they work because some people, maybe just that piece of paper and the law and getting in trouble and having a record would would deter some people. But other people, 
like this guy that's harassing Taylor Swift right now, he loves this so much because now he knows that Taylor Swift knows he exists. And that's what that that guy's living for that, you know? Yeah, exactly. So on to this next story. General Hospital star Tyler Christopher has died from kind of an unusual cause of death in my mind. I've never heard of this. So do you want to explain it for everybody? Yeah, I don't think it's as unusual as you would think it is. Okay. I just, I don't, I don't want to give away one of our, um, we play in, in the gross room every week, we play a game called What Is It Wednesday? And I show different wounds and you have to kind of try to guess what happened to the person. So I don't want to give anything away because I'm using a case of this this week. But what happens is that, so he had acute alcohol intoxication, which was, it's kind of almost the same we were talking about in the first case with the with the guys that were found outside frozen. And what happened is that he got into some kind of a weird position that normally you would be able to pull yourself out of if you were sober. But because you were so intoxicated, you stay in this position and you are not able to move. And it was positional asphyxia. So he was probably bent in half or something or just in a position where he couldn't breathe normally. And then he ended up dying from that. But really, if he was sober, he wouldn't have been in that position to begin with. And then they said that another contributing factor was that he had coronary artery atherosclerosis, which is like hardening or thickening of the arteries. So all those factors combined is what caused his death. But do you, did you know how young? He was pretty young, right? He was 50. So that's very young to die. What was insane to me was he was on 1,100 episodes of General Hospital. That's have my mom talk about she. I I feel like that was her show when she was a kid. Yeah, they have. I don't even understand how that show works and what the interest is. To be honest with you, but they do record a lot, so it's impressive and it's sad. It's sad when anyone dies. Um, it was accidental. You know what I mean? Like. Just wrong place, wrong time, wrong situation, drinking too much. If someone was there and and he had passed out in that position, I'm sure this wouldn't even happen. So it's it's sad. Yeah, I mean, old ladies love their stories. So I'm sure there's sadness around the world. Them too. Freak accidents. Let's talk about some freak accidents. Okay. A Swiss tourist was feeding an Asian black bear at a wildlife sanctuary in Thailand. So these bears are similar to brown bears. They're about 300 pounds. Um, I know in America they tell us not to approach brown bears because they're pretty aggressive in comparison to like American black bears. But um, he was feeding the bear, stuck his arm through a cage, and then the bear bit his arm. And it escalated to the point where the guy took his pocket knife out and cut off his forearm that had now been mangled to get out of the situation so it it's kind of interesting actually that he he was like i didn't want to hurt the bear so i cut my arm which honestly is it's kind of smart because if he stabbed the bear with a pocket knife it would have just it probably wouldn't have done anything to the bear and it would have pissed the bear off even more honestly so and he he was going to lose his arm anyway like it apparently it was like really mangled and everything so I feel like he kind of made the right decision. That's the illest thing in the world to cut off your own limb. But t- there, there's been other stories of people doing that, getting it caught. I think there was a mountain climber once that got his arm cut under a rock and he had to cut his own arm off and to to free himself. It It's very quick thinking, but 
Luckily, there were people there that were able to tourniquet his arm because that's basically why he didn't die because he wasn't bleeding to death everywhere. And they did take the mangled arm to the hospital, but there's no word yet if they were able to reattach reattach it. Yeah, so I just want to bring up a little shark attack story we talked about last week. And what did I say about you can't just go near a bear? So these Asian black bears are usually more aggressive towards humans. And shockingly, they're seeing more attacks frequently when they are forced into proximity with humans. So what happened here? This bear was in this wildlife sanctuary, which I'm sure they were trying to help it, but people shouldn't have been allowed near it because that's not natural to them. And then it attacked it. So I just, I don't think it's the bear's fault. It was just living its life trying to not understand what was happening. And I really wish people would stop forcing these wild animals to be in situations with humans because it's clearly not meant to be. Yeah, I I mean, like, I get annoyed when they call it a bear attack. It's just like, dude, it's a bear. What's it supposed to do? It's it's the the same same with the the sharks. Like, you're in the animal's home, so it's going to live as if it's in its home. It doesn't know if you're a human and doesn't have a mind that works like that. It just sees you're a living thing. Even if you're human, though, like, if some rando just walked into my house, guess what? I'd be attacking them, too. Like, (laughs) get the hell out of my house. Exactly. All right. Next, this story is absolutely insane. A woman was throwing her trash out, somehow fell into the dumpster, completely unclear to me. Um, And then a trash truck came shortly after, collected the dumpster, and she got trapped in the trash truck, and it compacted her in there four times. She was screaming so much, people heard her screaming. And they also had a camera in the trash truck, which was, why do they have cameras in the trash truck? I literally never heard of that. I have no idea. Something must have happened before. And then they had to rescue her from the top of the trash truck. Yeah, it's, it was, it's really, it's really crazy. Some, you know, how I'm married to a firefighter. So there's always these, these crazy stories of people getting themselves into these situations. And apparently they were able to speak to her through the side of the truck and she was speaking, but she was really not alert. And she's she's kind of banged up. Like she she was brought yeah. to the hospital in serious condition. Um, I'm assuming that she has broken bones. Um, if you've ever seen one of those tra- those trucks compact trash, you definitely don't ever want to think about your body being stuck there. It's actually a miracle that she's alive. And I I have no idea how she fell into a dumpster. I don't. It, it doesn't make. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me, but I, I guess it's possible. I'm sure that they'll come out and talk about it some more. So we'll give you more details if we get follow up on that. Yeah, but that's that's wild that they I'm just thinking of them crushing it four times, not hearing her. And then I'm thinking of watching this camera footage. So bizarre. But um, this next story is about a baby that drowned while his mother was on the phone for 20 minutes. So in November, police got a call that an eight month old baby had drowned the mother who was young in her early 20s had initially said that she left him sitting up in the bathtub there was only a few inches of water and she just ran to the laundry room for five minutes this wasn't the case when they went through her phone they tell she was on the phone for 20 minutes leading up to the 911 call two minutes before calling 911 she called the baby's grandparents twice and told them that the baby had drowned four minutes before she had texted her father saying, quote, just trying to talk while I have time while Asher's taking a nap. That's kind of really bizarre, right? So 
I think so. A lot of the some of the investigators were saying that they really didn't think that this was suspicious as far as her trying to murder her child in the house. There was pictures of her with the with the baby's father all over the house like they were they were a seemingly happy to be their family. And I think what is possible just because of just being being a mom several times with the sleep deprivation and everything it is it possible that she really thought that she put the kid down for a nap and didn't really realize that that he was in the bathtub it just running i mean when when you're on the phone let's think about when you're on the phone and you drive how distracted it is it's a known distraction it causes accidents all the time it's just like that walking and chewing gum at the same time thing it's it's possible she was on the phone and thought she put the kid down for a nap and really just on autopilot kind of thing not trying to justify this at all because it's horrible that that happened and it i mean i think it's kind of weird that she called other people before she called 911 too but that that kind of thing happens all the time and you just really don't know how you would react in that kind of a situation because it's so shocking if she didn't if she didn't intend to kill the kid then it was shocking to her to find him in that way you know yeah totally i mean I could totally see it being a panic situation. I thought that text was unusual, but maybe she wasn't trying to cause an alarm to the person she was texting that something bad had happened. Um, yeah, it's. Oh it, wait, I thought she. I thought they were saying that she texted someone that the kid was taking a nap, like that was like a legit text. Like she was saying to someone, "Hey, I'm 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 going to try to get some stuff done while the baby's taking a nap." I that's I, why I was like, oh, maybe she really thought the kid that she had put the kid to bed. If she was lying, then like I then it's a I'm, little suspicious. Yeah, I'm thinking. So they're saying that that text went out four minutes before the call to nine one one. So essentially, that text goes out two minutes after that. She calls the paternal grandparents of the baby two times and says the baby drowned, and then two minutes after that, calls nine one one. Is it possible? Like, I'm just trying to say, though, is it possible that she that she texted someone, thought the baby was taking a nap and then like walked in to check on him and didn't see him there? Yeah, it could totally walked in the bed. I mean, this could all go down in a short period of time. I'm not like, I I don't know this chick. I'm not trying to be like her defense lawyer or anything. I'm just I'm just trying to not blame someone that accidentally was tired and negligent and killed her kid, you know? Yeah, I could totally see it going down so fast that just that just looks suspicious because definitely I was like, that's weird. Um, or she was trying to get a hold of somebody and didn't want to cause them any alarm unless she knew something was really wrong. I don't know. But she's very young. I could see this just total shock going and happening and her not knowing what to do. So it's just it's really, really sad. But she's been charged with one count of involuntary manslaughter and one count of second degree child abuse. So it's really sad that this happened. And I guess what we need to recognize going in is you should never leave a baby alone in any type of water. I mean, really, you shouldn't leave a baby alone ever unless they're in the proper crib or wherever they're supposed to be sleeping. But it's just well, scary. You shouldn't you shouldn't really ever have. I mean, they sell this bathtub that that you put within the bathtub for babies that it's almost impossible. It's impossible even if they were left alone if you ran out of the room to like go grab them a diaper or something i don't i don't know the the situation of how they how the baby was and how the baby drowned but 
it, it sucks. I hate I hate hearing any stories about stuff like that that just didn't need to happen, you know? Yeah, and the next story we have, too, is also a totally preventable death with a young child. So a ba- an 11-month-old baby was sleeping in his crib, and this totally freak steam explosion came out of a faulty radiator, which gave him critical burns, and he was pronounced dead at the hospital shortly afterward. I know. I didn't see, like, I like, this is the, the great thing about this podcast that we could talk about all these different freak accidents that happened that I didn't even realize that that was, that that was a possibility. I really had, I had an, we had an apartment once, right, that had radiators, but mm-hmm. did you know that while we were living there? I never knew that that was a thing. That's the only time we yeah. ever lived with them. So I, I don't know that, or maybe we're just idiots and that's like total common knowledge. Um, just having your kid in a room with a radiator and knowing that it could explode a bunch of hot burning steam and kill them. I just, I think that that's, that really needs to be public education because that, that is just so scary. And he, he just got such bad steam burns that he was brought to the hospital and pronounced dead. Um, you could, you could die acutely from injuries like that if the burns are severe enough, because you have to remember that your skin is your largest organ and it's responsible from protecting you from the outside world. So really long-term burns are an issue because you could get infections because you don't have that barrier anymore, which is really, which is really the biggest cause of death in people that have burns. But you also, you know, your skin regulates your body temperature and that's really important to keep homeostasis. We were talking about that last week when Mm -hmm. we're talking about being too cold or too hot. And when you don't have that barrier to protect you, even just going outside or something can, can cause your organs to shut down. It's, it's, it's sad. So, um, I, I feel so terrible. And these people, it seems like they were renting. It seems like this happened in 2016 in New York to two kids that died in this way. It's, it's just, it's so terrible when there's an accidental death and the mom, I guess the mom was like in the other room feeding her kid. It was like six o'clock in the morning. So there was nothing out of the ordinary to have one baby sleeping and have the mom in the room with the other no, baby. It was, it's every, like this category is called freak accidents for a reason, but there are some, this is pure freak accident. Even inspections that have been done on the building before found no issues with the system. It was a total fluke in the system. So it's really sad that we, have to hear about it in this way but now at least that we know things like this could happen we could take the proper steps to check our own systems our sponsor for this week's episode is stink bomb so valentine's day is coming up and i know that sometimes people might think it's weird to buy people presents for valentine's day besides a significant other or a child or something like that But I always think it's great to thank the ones that are doing kind of crappy jobs and just it's just a little kind gesture. And maybe you would want to buy them something like Stink Bomb, um, a nurse at your doctor's office, someone at your dental office that has to smell like nasty breath every day. I think it would just be like a really nice gesture. The guys that the sanitation workers that come to your house and pick up your trash. It's just like a really nice thing to just say hey, like I got you this. It's a little inexpensive gift and it just puts a smile on someone's face. 
Yeah, and there's really a scent for everybody. You really can't go wrong with it. They have such an awesome collection of stuff. So if you want to check it out, go on stinkbombodorblocker.com and use code MKD15 for 15% off. Thanks, Stinkbomb. Okay, we're going to start with violent crime. We have two pretty wild YouTube stories today, so we'll get into this first one. Levittown, Pennsylvania, ironic enough because we were just having a conversation about Levittown. I know, I'm like, why did that come up two times within the past 24 hours? Yeah, so out of Levittown, Pennsylvania, a man has been accused of beheading his father. Well, you think that's bad, wait till you hear this. He posted a 14-minute long video on YouTube of him holding the head and reading a script about inflicting violence on government officials, calling his father, who was a government employee, a traitor. So this 32-year-old killer is charged with first-degree murder, abuse of a corpse. Um, Hours after the killing, he was caught armed 100 miles away. He had jumped over the fence at a National Guard facility, so who knows what was going to go down there if they didn't catch him immediately, right? If he was going on conspiracy theory rampage but it's really nuts so when they when the dad's mother or wife had gotten home from work around seven o'clock she found her husband beheaded in their bathroom the police came three hours later this video gets uploaded to youtube and was live for five whole hours before it got flagged and taken down yeah and youtube put out a statement that said that the video was removed for violating graphic violence and and they deleted his account or something. And this is this is kind of going to be the theme of today's episode of how social media is really fucked up and they're only selectively can censoring things because how do they not pick this up for five whole hours? It's just completely unacceptable. Well, they're defending it that they have all this AI going on, but obviously it isn't trained enough. So that's where the humans kind of come in and intervene, right? But as we know with our accounts, that's not always the case because you will just trying to be spreading awareness about some disease, a natural disease and telling people what to do like breast cancer. And then we get flagged as spreading sexual content or graphic violence when we're just simply trying to show. I just got one. So on Monday when I did my mystery diagnosis, it was for failed Ishore device, which is a implantable coil that was supposed to prevent birth control. And now it's off the market because it caused so many people problems. I posted on Instagram and right away, as soon as I posted, I even took a screenshot of it because now I screenshot all the evidence. It said, this post may go against our community guidelines. Please reconsider taking it down and we're, you're, we're not going to show people that are not your followers. And it said nothing. It just said nothing. It just was like public service announcement. Like, Hey, all these women have this. Lots of women had to get hysterectomies for this. Some people still have it. And these are the problems that we see in the lab with it. I, I just, I don't know how that violates community guidelines, but they have the ability to pick something up to say, like, we think this does. So if a person's holding a human head, I don't understand how that can't get picked up with the AI technology that they have. Yeah, and it's not clear to me if it got taken down because their computers finally detected after five hours that it was up or if somebody called in and reported it and that's why it got taken down immediately, which I'm thinking it's the latter because this episode goes up on YouTube. Both of our episodes go up on YouTube twice a week. It is such a pain to get them uploaded. I'm sure you guys noticed they come up a couple hours after the audio comes up because the processing time is forever. So 
in that process, they're checking stuff too, so they could take stuff down immediately. And I just can't believe this fell through the cracks. You know, our posts are so regularly flagged for stuff that's just totally ridiculous, and there's no human checking it on our end. But anyway, they're get- YouTube's obviously getting criticized for this heavily, right? Because it was up for five hours, and then even though they took it down for violating community guidelines, not it being something totally illegal, right? Um, it ended up getting, of course, screen recorded, screenshotted, and it's on Twitter, now called X, whatever, and it is. Reddit. Did you say, did you say it? Because I, I want to say it's it. It's been remo- like I've, I'm sure in the deepest, darkest <laughs> holes of Reddit, I could find it somewhere, but it has been scrubbed from, from, uh, X as of right now. So, I'm very interested about this because then it lines up. Do you have anything more to say about this story? Because no, no. I want to go into the next one. So. Furthermore, involving YouTube, a 28-year-old aspiring influencer, also from our area, this is terrifying, <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, has been charged with four felony counts of aggravated cruelty to animals because she was torturing animals on YouTube for likes. So these videos were going on for a long time, posting videos killing or torturing animals. Uh, for a year. For a, a year. year. And it wasn't until PETA reported this. To YouTube, or not even YouTube, to the police department that these got taken down. She was abusing and killing animals on YouTube for a year. And the only reason that they got taken down is because PETA came across it. Like, how is that even possible? And the the biggest reason that I want to bring this case up to you guys today is because there's been studies done that show that people that are cruel to animals, especially younger people... Often it's associated with antisocial personality disorder, which is a so, which is a personality disorder in which people they don't think that the law applies to them. They're commonly they can be criminals. They have problems with uh, violence, impulsivity, drugs, alcohol. Not every person that has antisocial personality disorder has this because maybe I have that. No, you definitely joking. have that. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's just like there's no there's no remorse for for people's feelings when you're doing something really bad and it's when it's commonly seen in people who abuse animals and that has there's been history of certain serial killers had had a history as a child of abusing animals and it's it's something that needs to be taken cuz it's even more serious than what it is on on the surface. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's just, it's scary to know that these videos were going up at all, not hitting the AI detection at all, and then live there for a year. And we don't know if, I'm sure some people had to be reporting them, right? Because there's no way these were up for this long and not a single person. They had lots of comments and activity going on. I don't, yeah, see, so, like, I want to watch the video of the guy carrying around the dad's head on YouTube, but I have no interest in seeing these videos. Like, I just, I I don't want to see any hu- any human, animal, anything being tortured and killed on, like, that violently. I just, I don't like that. But yeah. the after effects of the guy holding his dad's head, and I'd be interested in seeing. Instagram, if you have good enough technology to block any monetized posts we try to do as influencers, <laughs> then you could certainly take down videos of people holding beheaded people or animal abuse of well, this, this nature. This is just this is just a YouTube problem. We'll talk about meta later oh, in oh, the show. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody knows 
our gripe with Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> oh, God. Did you see his, his new dorky haircut? I don't even want to look. His face pisses me off so bad. Yeah, it pisses me off, too. Okay, so this next story is insane. This mom brings her three-year-old child to the hospital because his foot is black. Okay, so a mother kept her three-year-old son in a home without heat until his foot turned black from frostbite. So they noticed that the mother has said that she noticed a couple days before the hospital incident, she noticed the baby's foot was turning different color or the toddler's foot was turning a different color, but they didn't do anything about it until her foot started hurting and she wanted to go to the hospital for herself. And then when they brought the baby, they were like, what the F is going on? So the child underwent surgery, same day, removed damaged tissue, but he might have to have the leg amputated below the knee because of how severe the frostbite was. So how does frostbite work exactly? So if it was severe enough that it was black, that means it was necrotic and dead, and there's really no coming back from that. So they do a surgery called a debridement. They take all the dead tissue off and... If there's no infection or anything and that all heals well and there's no other damage to the vessels or the tissues because of the frostbite, then if it was just his foot, then he could live with the the amputated stump of what's left over. But there is a possibility that they would go all the way to below the knee to remove the whole leg if there was a severe infection associated with that. Because you have to remember once you get surgery and the, the the frostbite kills the the nerves, it kills the blood vessels there. That there's a potential for more infection to happen there, and it could just continue to be a problem for this kid and not heal well. And they'll have to do an amputation. I mean, he like listen, the damage is already done. He already is missing at least part of his foot, so he's already had an amputation. They're just saying he might get a bigger one. Yeah, so she's been arrested, so good. All right, next we have new DNA evidence discovered in the Scott Peterson case. So last week we gave a whole summary of this case. We had this awesome external exam with Allison Treasel where she kind of explained how the Innocence Project falls into all of this. But now there's been new, new evidence has come to light about an orange van spotted near the Peterson's house due to a suspected burglary in the neighborhood. Yeah, that so that was always a thing. This like that I don't think that that is really new evidence that the house was robbed. I think it was directly across the street actually. Yeah. But apparently this orange van was spotted, but now they're saying that there's like cloth from a mattress that has human blood on it potentially that was in the van that was someone burned it, right? Yeah, so the van was found burned and then they pulled this mattress from it and they said there was human blood on it so they want to test this dna to see if it was connected to the case at all that this this is kind of interesting actually i'm just i'm just really i'm curious i'm just curious i just want to hear it i'm open to seeing the la innocence project argue his innocence because i know he's been convicted but there's always the possibility that it could go the other way. What threw me off with this was apparently his family said the burglars were the one that placed her in the bay knowing his fishing trip was his only alibi. So I'm like, how involved was this burglary if it was across the street? And then they, let's say this burglary burglary happened across the street. God, we know this word is so hard for both. I, I won't even say. try. 
I won't even try to say it. You guys will make fun of me the rest of my life for this that. This robbery happened across the street, and there's theories that because Lacey Peterson was this feisty little woman that she saw it happening and got involved and was kidnapped as part of that. So if that is the case, then why? how did they even know that her husband was fishing there and planted her body there to set him up? But that That's getting a little too involved for my liking. I unless, think, Well, unless they knew them. Unless they I knew don't. them, but why wouldn't they be breaking into their house, not the house across the street? Listen, I I, I think with all the circumstantial evidence, it's, it's almost certain, but... It, I just I'm just curious that I also want to know why if the orange van was spotted and they knew that there was a mattress in there why like why today are we going to test it for blood or DNA like why wasn't this done well there's a lot of suggestion that the police department just zoned in on him and took no other leads so maybe it was known the whole time but they didn't correctly process that evidence and didn't do what they were supposed to, so now they have enough moving forward. I don't know how it works, but... You know what I'd be interested in, actually? Because when you see pictures of Scott Peterson, like, back in when they, when they were younger, he was really, really handsome guy. Yeah. And she's a, she was beautiful. They were just, like, a very good-looking couple. But then when you t- hear him talk, he's off. Like, there's something weird about his personality like he doesn't have emotions when he talks and he's very flat and I wonder if that was a thing if if you interviewed Lacey's mom and asked her like was he always like that because he seems like there's like there's no like life behind his eyes and and obviously like the the wife and his unborn child are dead now which he probably did right so I could I see that but I'm just saying do you think he you wouldn't argue with me that he has kind of a weird personality, right? Well, here's the thing. I'm open to seeing what the LA Innocence Project has to say and trying to prove this case otherwise. But we can't really forget that when he got arrested, he was trying to flee and dyed his hair and had a bunch of money and driver's licenses on him. So I well, think maybe he was like, this kind of doesn't look good. I got to get out of here. I don't know. I'm I don't not, know. Definitely not sticking up for him. I th- I think... Just the whole, you know, we could talk about this case forever, but like, yeah, like I, 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 I do want to know though. I want to know. I agree that him having an affair doesn't mean he killed his wife, but I do find it mighty suspicious. He told the mistress that the wife was dead. Just saying. Yeah, but I wonder, because I had a friend once. I don't, I don't even know if I ever told you this story, but I had a friend once that was dating some guy. It was almost like the same Amber Fry situation. She was dating this guy for a couple months and she had kids. So she just never, she never really wanted him to come sleep at her house because it wasn't their dad. And she just saw him on the weekends because she worked all the time. And she really didn't think anything of it that he wasn't like staying at her house. And he would tell her that he was divorced and all this stuff. And then when we did our investigation, we found out that he was like full on married and living at the house with, with the wife. And um, my friend had no idea that that was happening at all. And of course, once she found out, she she was just like, dude, you suck, whatever, broke up. But um, not, not to, I mean, it's not... Obviously, it's worse to say that the person died, but when you're trying to do something and get what you want, you're just going to say whatever. And just saying 
you're divorced when you're like a married man at the house. She had gotten the guy's phone number and called the house. This was back in the day when we had uh, regular house phones. And it was like him and his wife had the answering machine message for the house. Like yeah. that to me is a little, that's like sick too, just to say, yeah, I think you you're like a, living another life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you have a very bizarre personality if you're just full on. I mean, people have affairs all the time, but it's a different level of affair if you're full on lying about having an entire family and being married. You know what the, the most, I because I was just listening to, I guess it was Nancy Grace or something talk, break, talking about the, the Scott Peterson case. And one of the, the women on her show was saying this, which I completely forgot. And this to me is the most the most circumstantial evidence when he was at some search party looking for her and like a vigil thing. He called Amber Fry and said that he was like in Paris on a on a work trip. Yeah. And that to me was like the key that I don't care how you explain anything because he could have said my wife said because he wanted to just like fuck some chick. Right. Like that's whatever. But the fact that. After she was missing, if someone else really did do it, that he was still trying to get the other girl. It's just completely like what other excuse you have for that? He could have full on blown her off and then it would have been that. But like you keep going with the lie. And until one of her coworkers had to be like this guy you brought to the work party is on all over the news for killing his wife. It's just like, come on. So this is another thing that I think is weird, right? And obviously, this is before the internet and stuff. So things are definitely changed. But she, he went, he was a married man that had a pregnant wife at home. And he went and got dressed up and went to a woman's Christmas party and was like her boyfriend. Yeah. Like, it's not right. It was like, it was like there was no hidden, there was nothing hidden about it. It was, it was. It was really and and it that that's what makes me think like something's not right. Like normal people don't act like. Yeah. I mean, we again, we could talk about this for hours, so we'll move on. (laughs) All right. Move on to this. Okay, a man who accused his twin brother of being a rapist has now himself been sentenced to 140 years in prison. How? Okay, so I actually never. I don't know why. I just never thought about this, right? But identical twins have the same DNA. Yeah. So, like, let's say, for example, with this whole, like, Brian Koberger case came up and they're getting DNA, like, it would be the same if he had a twin brother. And I guess this guy, the same thing, he committed a crime and tried to blame it on his brother. Yeah, I mean, this is a popular theme in movies, I feel. I don't often hear about them transpiring in real life. But clearly they got it from somewhere. It's it's just it's really it's really crazy from an investigative standpoint. And they were able to find some stuff that linked the, the one brother to it. Like, um, what was it? Suspicious messages I, or something or emails or something. Yeah. So I believe what kicked this off was there was unsolved uh, rape kits from the mid 90s and they were run through uh, genealogy technology, which we've most popularly seen in the case of the Golden State Killer, where we're seeing more and more often that cold cases are being solved through the use of this genie—I can't say this word—genealogy genealogy technology. <laughs> um, 
super tongue twister. I, I notice I'm not correcting you because I don't I can't it like we all we have the same uh stutters whatever we can't say it's like we both can't say it yeah I mean I can't I can't say this again there's a technology that's similar to 23andMe that people submit their own DNA and now they're solving cases by connecting the dots between people and DNA from these old rape kits and old murder cases so I believe that's how they got to this guy Kevin and his twin brother so this was the crimes occurred in the mid 90s and they linked them up to them the twins in 2019 so it looks like they were questioning both of them but unknowingly the brother Kevin admitted to doing these crimes and there ended up being another molestation case of his girlfriend's 12 year old daughter thrown in there too that they didn't even know about going in so yeah, and let's just explain really quick why identical twins have the same DNA. So the difference between identical and fraternal twins. So identical twins is like one sperm from the dad and one egg from the mom come together. And so that's one set of DNA. And then that fertilized egg or embryo splits in half. So it's the same fertilized egg that has split in half. So that's how you get the same exact DNA. Whereas with fraternal twins, it's two separate sperms and two separate eggs, which is why if you do uh, like IVF or something, there'll be an increase of, there could be an increase of fraternal twins because they implant multiple eggs or multiple embryos into a, a uterus in order to, to have the IVF process. So that would be fraternal twins are basically just like any other brother and sister. They're just born at the same time, whereas identical twins are essentially the same exact person, just a copy of that person, which is cool and creepy at the same time. Yeah. So he's been charged with 140 years till. Yeah, 140 years. So that's what we like to see in rape cases because often they get these bullshit sentences of five years or something for doing something absolutely horrible and ruining another person's life. So at least this guy's life is ruined now because he's getting the justice he deserves. All right. Talking about getting justice you deserve. When your husband, you're married for what, 50, what was it, 52 years? And then all of a sudden your husband's ex-girlfriend from 60 years ago sends him a postcard. What a bitch. You got to kill that dude. So, so first I thought that, so let me get into this first. Hold on. Couple had been married for 50 years and one day a postcard arrives in the mail and it's from her husband of 50 years, ex-flame from 60 years ago. So she, these people are in their 70s. She gets so pissed and uh, smothers him, tries to smother him, and then pees on him. <laughs> How ridiculous is this? But when I first read the headline... <laughs> yeah, what, like, you're just going to pee on somebody? Yeah, I mean, that's the weirdest part. Especially for, like, for a woman. Like, you actually have to, like, squat over a person and pee on them. It's not like you could just aim it at them, right? No, so when I first read this, I thought that she was cleaning and found a 60-year-old postcard. And then tried to kill him over, like, an old piece of mail. But that's not what happened. In that would scene. not be rational either. Like, no, neither <laughs> way is rational at all. Because you can't, you know, that that the ex-flame might have been like, I don't know where he is. Maybe he's single. Even though 
you could find anybody on the internet these days, but you don't know. She's just, old people don't know. She's how just to shooting her shot, and it went really bad. <laughs> well, it actually might work out because now maybe the wife will go to jail, and now he could be with the with the lady that sent the postcard. You I know think what? it's a that's nice really, romantic story. That's really good thinking. The really romantic story of how to get your love interest wife <laughs> put in jail for attempted murder, so you could spend Valentine's Day together. Yes, I I think that's a great idea. All right, this so last week we talked about this first nitrogen execution that was going to be happening, and it happened like five minutes after we stopped recording that as day, always. which is as always, right? So there were people that witnessed this and said that it was the most horrible thing that they ever witnessed in their life. They said that it took almost twenty-two minutes from beginning to end for him to actually die. And the guy was like flailing on the gurney and grabbing on the restraints and and moaning and, and making noises. And it seemed like it was a very torturous death. So, like I said, we need to bring back the firing squad because it's just like dirty and quick and it gets the job done. But, I mean, at the same time, I don't I don't feel bad because he killed an innocent woman that was a mother to two kids. and who had to grow up without their mom. And on top of that, do you have the whole story about what happened? Like why, um, do you know the whole story as to why I do? If you want me to, I'll tell uh, Yeah. So, so, ba- so the, it was like a pastor and his wife and they were married and they had two kids. And then the pastor started freaking out cause he didn't have any money. And he talked to somebody about hiring someone to kill his wife. And then that person had talked who, found two people that were going to kill the woman for $1,000 each, by the way. And so this guy, the one guy already got put to death, and this guy was on death row for all this time. And then the guy who arranged it got life in prison. Well, the husband that brought the idea up, he went, like, he. it seems like he went to confession and, like, confessed to, stuff to his his church and his family, and then he killed himself. So these children grew up, two kids that had a mom and dad now grew up with no parents, or I don't know who raised them, right? But that's that's terrible. That's just terrible. And apparently the mom was like a loving mom. She was a great mom and stuff, so it was terrible. So like, boo-hoo, don't kill people. I don't know what to tell you. Like, maybe, like, looking at an execution like this will make you think twice before doing that because you don't want that to happen to you. And maybe you won't do something like that. I just, I have little sympathy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you with that. I just feel like this seems like a waste of time. And uh, last week when we had posted the episode in the gross room, a couple members brought up with, like, why aren't they using fentanyl or something that's seemingly taking innocent people out super quick? So I don't know what what the deal is, but yeah, it's it's weird to I mean, watch somebody flail around for twenty two minutes. It's like just get yeah, it over and with. It's, I I mean it's not, it's cool and it's, I understand what they're doing because they don't sh- shooting someone in the head is is extremely graphic, but it's not it's it's nothing that prolongs the death. And it's just like if you're you're killing somebody and any way you wrap it up, it's like if you if you put a pink bow on a turd, it's still a turd, right? Like it's the I'm same. Like, can't they give them cyanide pills or something? Like there has to be something faster. I, I just... don't I don't know if that's necessarily a, a quick death either. You, you don't want there there's I, I'm telling you, it's the it's the it's the gun to the head is is the the best way to go. But I don't 
I mean, I do. I don't think that we need to to torture people no. for their crimes or whatever. But at the same time, I'm having a hard time that all these articles are written like boohoo for this guy when these kids grew up without the mom and the mom lost her life. Like I, it, it's like why are we always on the side of of a criminal instead of being thinking about the victims that are getting hurt in these situations? I don't understand that. This next story is incredibly wild. So a 39-year-old man was living with a woman and her 12-year-old daughter. Kind of unclear if they were dating. Like, why was he living there if they weren't in a relationship? But the mom picked him up after he got into a bar fight, brought him home, and then she went to bed and was like, I don't want to deal with you. She later woke up and discovered that he was sexually assaulting her 12-year-old daughter. So... She called the police, and when they arrived, he was holding a gun to his head. She was holding a gun to his head, which is pretty badass of her to be like, you're not escaping this situation. Did you mention that this guy had HIV, too? No. So he was HIV positive, also a youth sports coach, really nice. And the daughter had said this was the sixth incident that she had had with him where he had sexually assaulted her, one of which was on her 12th birthday. Yeah. Which is just like, listen- I would have just shot the guy in the head. So I, I, I guess I applaud her for the res- re- restraint because I'm not sure that I would be able to walk on, walk in on my child having that done to them and just be cool and be like, I'm going to hold you at gunpoint until the police get here. I, I just I don't think that I would be able to restrain myself, honestly. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the moment she was like, I don't know if I'll be prosecuted for this, even though personally I don't think people should be prosecuted if I think, they see I think their everybody child would violated. shake her. Yeah, I think everyone would shake her hand and be like, good job, mom. Exactly. Like, I don't know how these people hold restraint when their child's victimized and they either A, walk in on it or are made aware of it. I just, I feel like I'd black out and just what happens happens. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, she definitely like hold, held her impulses back and did the right thing for sure, because that would have just been a whole, a whole other thing. And at least now they could really truly investigate it. And hopefully this guy will go to jail for the rest of his life. I think if you have an infectious disease that, that is, um, that you intentionally, I guess they have to prove that he was intentionally trying well, to Well, he wasn't wearing her. a condom, so in my mind, that should be intentional. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that he could get in extra trouble for that, hopefully, so. Yeah, absolute pig human, so we'll go on to medical news. I can't believe this, the Neuralink has been inserted into a human patient. All right, so I... You you sit there and say like okay what idiot would let would would get something inserted in their brain and like be on trial for this but I I kind of understand it like it was they were recruiting people that are quadriplegics right so if if you can't if that's something that's usually brought on to you so you're born like able body and then and then all of a sudden you can't use your entire body all your arms and legs and you're bound to a wheelchair don't you think if you're in that situation that you might be just desperate for anything that might potentially help improve the quality of your life. I like I honestly like if I was bound to a wheel- wheelchair, I would I would say to him you can implant it in my brain if you think you could fix me. I don't blame the patient at all for wanting to partake in this. I totally understand that. What I don't understand is what surgeon agreed to do this? What approval went into it because all of the monkey tests they had as of one to two years ago died after the implant. I haven't heard of a successful implant in the test chimps. 
I love all of the technology that's coming out. And it's not just medical technology, just any technology. It's all great for what they want to use it for. For example, like AI, they want to use it so you could take a picture with your phone and be able to tell if you have a lesion that looks like it needs to get biopsied. Like, that's great. The problem is, is that we don't live in a nice world and people are evil. People are, it, and you have to think like, with this great that could come from this technology, I mean, the same could be said about the internet, right? Like all the great that comes from the internet, think about all the horrible stuff that comes along with the internet. It's like nobody is thinking about how this technology is going to be used by a criminal, basically. And I just think like, let's stay out of the inside of people's brains. I just think it's just probably for the best. So they're saying that this, first of all, we should have probably explained this at the beginning, but the Neuralink for everybody who's unfamiliar is this coin-sized device that the plan is it's inserted into your brain. It learns how to read your brain signals and basically would enable you to do things on your phone, your computer, et cetera, by just simply thinking, right? So they're planning on calling their first product telepathy, and he's quoted as saying, imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than a speed typist or auctioneer. First of all, Stephen Hawking maybe shouldn't be the example right now because of all the Epstein's. <laughs> Furthermore, imagine having your thoughts like accidentally transcribed if something went awry or somebody hacking into your chip and controlling your own brain. It's very scary to think about. I, that will happen. It will happen. Yeah. Just, it's like, we're we're saying this, what is it, February 1st? Like, we're going to put that in writing right now because it will, 2024, like, it will happen. And it just sucks because I, I it sucks for people that are living in a situation where they could use this technology, but we just have to stop doing things that are going to give criminals this whole other way of victimizing people it's just it i don't like it i don't yeah. like it i'm i'm surprised i'm surprised elon's moving forward with this considering he's been going against ai and saying he wants to stop the progression but dude you're developing something that could potentially be really dangerous yeah i think so too all right this is this is a really interesting case so there was, between 1959 and 1985, they used to take, they used to go into the pituitary gland of cadavers or people that were- What's the pituitary were, gland? It's a gland that's inside of your brain okay. that regulates hormones. So they would go in, so that's important to know that it's brain tissue. They would go into people that donated their body for, uh, you know, for research or whatever, for science, and they would take- hormone out of the pituitary gland and they would inject it into kids especially ones that were short stature they would inject this hor human growth hormone and that would help them because that's that's what happens if you have a, a problem with growing too fast or growing too slow it's like because of a pituitary gland uh, dysfunction so now that's all synthetic so it's not anything that we have to worry about right now but back in the day, they did this, and now we know that we can't we can't really be taking brain tissue in because of it, it, the possibility of an infectious process, which is called CJD. It's a really bad disease, and it's not. I don't even know if you would consider it to be infectious. I guess because it's it's a weird thing. It's like not a bacteria, and it's not a virus. It's something called a prion which it's a it causes these abnormal proteins in your brain and 
it causes your brain to actually get like holes in it, like like makes it look like a sponge. The, you've probably heard of this like mad cow disease, right? So these people were pop. So one person popped up with CJD disease and it was linked to getting this brain tissue when they were a child. And now they when they were examining that patient, they found these other abnormal proteins that are seen in patients that have Alzheimer's. So now this study has shown that it you might be able to contract Alzheimer's. And so they're looking into that, but they also want to stress that as of right now, there's no evidence that you could contract that from another person. It's like strictly from getting brain tissue from a person that has something put into your body, um, which is the same as CJD. Like, so I... It's 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 really interesting research actually though. So I thought that I would bring that to your attention because this is why you're not supposed to eat brain tissue because you it could spread that way. You're just not and and most people don't, but like there's some cultures that do and we just you shouldn't ever eat it. That's um when we do an autopsy of a person that has CJD, it's not normal standard precautions. It's like an extra using a special um, hood that goes over the head when you're using the bone so- the bone saw that sucks all of the dust from the from the bone and from the brain that's coming and aerosolizing. You really should have an entire set of different tools to do autopsies on CJD people that don't get used on other people or don't it's it's just like a whole mess because it's there's a lot unknown about it and it's not as easy as killing a virus or a bacteria. Yeah. All right. So this next story is TikTokers are using a common pain medication to stop their periods. So a recent viral TikTok claim that if you combine Jello, lemon juice, and ibuprofen, you can delay or stop your period. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know where the Jello and lemon comes into it, but this is they, they do prescribe NSAIDs, which are called non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And if if you have if you have a lot of them, it, it acts like it, it decreases prostaglandin, which is what causes your uterus to cramp. So the more you get cramps, it's like when your uterus cramps, it's like pushing your period blood out. Right. And it's so the more you get cramps, the more bleeding you're going to seemingly have. So doctors and gynecologists have been prescribing ibuprofen forever because it kind of decreases the prostaglandins and then it causes less cramping, which then in turn causes less bleeding. But in order for that to be like very effective, it has to be a lot of ibuprofen a day. They're saying that you should take like six to 800 milligrams three times a day. That's a lot. It's like a prescription strength ibuprofen, right? And so th- usually like the the limit is 3200 milligrams a day in a prescription or it's like 1200 a day if you get it just at the drugstore if you want to go buy it. Um but the so yes in theory this works, okay? This can work to de- it's not going to stop your period but it'll decrease the bleeding. The problem is is that taking NSAIDs especially in high doses like that, they could really really screw you up. They could give you ulcers in your stomach. I've had issues from taking them. Like they can really, really hurt you. They could cause bleeding issues. They could cause kidney damage. So it's not, 
taking that much of of a of a drug is something you really need to consult with your doctor about and not watch it on TikTok because you could really screw your body up. I'm surprised to hear that the that the OBGYNs consulted for this article both agreed that the less cramping equals less bleeding because I personally don't feel like I experienced that. If anything, I feel I experienced the opposite. Well, it I mean, everything is dependent on there, you could have other reasons that you're bleeding more. Like it's just it's all dependent on w- woman to woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I it's not like 100 percent like every single woman that you give that that much ibuprofen with will bleed less. I was just shocked because I expected, you know, the article was like and doctors have thoughts. I was expecting them to slam this, but everybody was like, yeah, it's kind of true. Yeah, but they but they are slamming it. They're saying like don't take you really shouldn't take that much NSAIDs without no. consulting your doctor. People that have like underlying health diseases and stuff can really get hurt. You just don't listen to some girl on TikTok and I don't even know what the jello and lemon juice have to do with anything. They yeah, didn't that even seems just, totally they didn't even, they didn't even explain that in in the um in the article but I just think that there's been a lot of TikTok trends with with what you should do with your health. There's one for a parasite cleanse, which is total bullshit. Like, just if you have questions about that, like, I don't think it's bad to to ask your doctor about it. But I I, I think 800 milligrams of ibuprofen a day, three times a day is is a lot. Well, I, I used to take one a day and it would really screw my stomach up. When I have my really painful cramping days, like at most, I will take two or three, depending on how severe it is. 800s? Yeah, because you can take them every six hours. Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I I don't- I hope you consulted your doctor about that. I don't want to be taking them that much, and I stretch it as much as possible, but you and I genetically have the same issue and know how horrible it is, so. Truth. Okay, on to America's oldest living person. So this this is a this is a cool story. I like having good stories. Yeah. So this woman, Edith of California, will be turning 116 and be celebrated with a drive by parade on February 4th. All I want to say is that they were planning Betty White's birthday, too. And she died two weeks before her. I was going to say that when I was writing that up, I was just like. Oh damn, that's like that's like in a week. Should they be waiting that long when when you're 116 years old? No, but I, it's cool. She was born yeah. in 19. Can you imagine she was born in 1908 and she is still alive today? Like what is the transition that you've gone through? I can't even she imagine. Was, yeah, I'm thinking about it and she was like my age during the depression. <laughs> That's kind of right? crazy. It's um, it's so crazy and the, the craziest part is that there is another woman that's... So this woman we're talking about right now is the second oldest person that lives in the world. But there's one lady that's even older than her at a striking actually is 116. So she's like a couple months older than her. Out of Spain. And, out of Spain. And she's the oldest woman in the world. But she she said... Someone asked her like why... why how she stayed alive so long. And she, she said that she was, quote, God's chosen one. That's pretty so funny. Cute. Yeah, she's yeah. the oldest of seven siblings, and she outlived all of them. Oh my god! Which that's is so it's so nuts, but it's super cool. I'm that, glad they're honoring her so with a parade. Yeah, she, you should get a parade, dude. 116 is ridiculous. If you think about that, like people that are 80 years old right now, just thinking about them living like 
all this time, it's just create like another 36 years. It's just like insane, right? Yeah, totally. And I always think about, you know, Iris Apfel, she's that cool. Yeah, lady I with love the glasses. Her. She she's 102 right now. And I always think it's so cool when they, they give her like little balloons that say how old she is. And it's cool. And she's, she's always so, so stylish. She is. Like, so. I hope when I get older that I'm like a cool old lady. Like you that. are her. Uh, yeah but like i want to be like that with white hair and just like huge glasses and lots of jewelry and stuff she's so cute yeah she is really cute all right we have one story in other death news which is this is going along with the whole theme of the social media situation that we've been talking about all day but this lawmaker is suing instagram because his son died by suicide and the story surrounding this particular death is just so heartbreaking for from a parent's perspective thinking that this is this is not the first time this has happened this this happens with other children too and it's just it's just so sad do you want to do you want to talk about what happened to this lawmaker and his son yeah so this this guy brandon guffrey of south carolina his 17 year old son gavin died by suicide after shooting himself in 2022 so the family was kind of searching for clues. They didn't see this coming at all. Um, two weeks after Gavin's death, when his dad was going through his Instagram, they found a message with a laughing face and messages that said, did I tell you your son begged for his life? So disgusting. So what happened is these scammers conned the son into thinking he was talking to a teenage girl and got him to send nude photos of himself over there and then after that they basically harassed him threatening to expose him extorting him for money he only had he sent them 25 dollars. it was the only money he had and they just kept asking for more and more and more until this kid reached his breaking point so then after his death they were sending horrible messages like the one i read above they were messaging family members and anybody on his followers list asking for money in exchange for these photos it was horrible i don't know I mean, and they're saying that this happens like a lot of times, like these people are in other countries. I again, I don't understand how they can't get to the bottom of this. But Gabe and I talk about this all the time because I stopped getting messages from my followers years ago, all of them, because I get some every once in a while. People tell me all the time they message me and I never get it. And they're able to stop certain things that they want to stop. But I get I get porn bots all the time. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Like on Mother Knows Death's Instagram, we get, I don't know, five to ten messages a day saying I'm horny in a group chat from bots. But anytime somebody tries to send us a regular message, it's put in a spam folder and everything, but not the porn one. So I'm like, thank you for wasting my time when I have people actually trying to send us really cool stories or tell us more information about something we talked about or in your case sending you cases of interesting stuff yeah so i don't really know exactly how i i don't know how these people are getting away with it because when you sign up for instagram can, they isn't it like connected to facebook and stuff that they could figure out who you are you could just make fake email addresses and stuff i mean <laughs> I've had an Instagram since I want to say like 2009 or 2010. So I think the Facebook merge came after my account was created. So I'm not okay. So can they sure. connect with IP address then? 
they they certainly have a way of going through IP addresses. Like that's not hard at all. But yeah. they don't care enough. I, like that's the thing. Yeah. And I so I see this guy testifying yesterday. I can't I just can't stand this dude. Like he, he 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 I just really believe they had all these family members there that had issues that happened like this. And he had the balls to say that there was like no correlation between social media and and depressed states of teenagers and stuff. And I'm just like I'm like, dude, what world are you living in right also, now? Also, what world are you living in? Because they have internal documents proving that their research has showed that and that they were hiding it up. And this was the point of a whole other investigation right now. So this guy, the father of this kid who's passed away is suing Meta now, alleging that it uses its algorithms to aggressively target adolescents and does not do enough to keep them safe from harm, which I 100% agree. As I said earlier in the episode, the second we try to post anything like a, a sponsored post or just me sharing an embroidered art I did, it immediately gets shut down. I have 20,000 followers and I might get like 30 likes. Statistically, that's not even possible. And we could go on about this for hours too. But then again, we get all these porn bots all the time. I get ads all the time for weight loss things and all these things that could potentially be triggering to a young woman as myself. And it's horrible like they they use their algorithms to target these children into being addicted and making them see the stuff they shouldn't be seeing but when it actually comes down to the harassment they're doing absolutely nothing to prevent it and then being like oh the computer can only do so much well put your efforts into doing something good you should see like i was telling maria this the other day that when um i when the whole like travis um kelsey and taylor swift thing happened i looked at the stories in uh, went back in the summer like when she went to that first game because i was like i was uh, i'll be honest with you like i didn't even know who that dude was i have no interest in football i i didn't know that he was such a big deal and i was just kind of like wait what's going on here this is kind of interesting story my facebook now both on my feed my nor like i guess you have like a normal feed and the news feed it's just kind of like if you scroll through it, you would laugh. It's like every other story is Taylor Swift, Kelsey, t- t- like their family, this, that, and that. And, and I'm just like, it's just like thrown down my throat. And I'm like, I don't really care about her that much or him at all to be seeing this 7,000 times a day and be all up in their life. And it it's just like weird how they, they're like, you want to see this. You want to see this. You want to see this. And they just shove it down your throat I like just, that. My gripe is, for example, before we started recording today, we were having some te- technical difficulties. <laughs> some some <laughs> like hours, three hours three, three hours. hours worth but when i texted you um the link to download the webcam controls on the new computer um within seconds when i went on instagram i had an ad for that company and i'm like cool. oh it happens so all you the can time. sort through my text messages and see my conversation but you can't block somebody from sending me a harassing message yeah exactly it's i i don't believe it they and they really should say like why I mean and I don't know how they could prevent this but if there's if, if there's like these burner accounts that are messaging American young kids like why why would they need to talk to that person it it's it's really hard because I just heard a story about a young girl that was only 14 years old that that's they they believe she was she was taken by some guy off the internet because and apparently her mom had all of the the filters and everything on the phone and the controls, the parental controls, and it still happened. So you have to understand from a teenage, this kid was a teenager, right? 
He was in high school or something? Yeah, 17 years old. 17-year-old boy, right? Some hot girl that's like one of these porn bot pictures is messaging you and like telling you that she wants to see pictures of you naked, maybe even sending pictures of someone naked to him pretending to be this woman. It it's it's like of course a boy is going to jump on that. Like it's it's like a normal it's a normal thing, right? Kids just don't, their brains aren't developed enough to be like, you know what, don't ever send naked pictures of yourself because they'll be on the internet forever. There's an entire television show called Catfish. Adults don't even know this goes on. People are horrible. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, it's just, it's so sad. And and it's really sad to me that the boy felt like he had to kill himself. But then it's like, think about this. Like his dad's like like a congressman or whatever. And he was probably scared that that would that that would really embarrass his dad or something like who knows who knows what the th- the feeling was again the kid's 17 and sometimes stuff happens to you and your whole world is falling down when you're a teenager and you don't realize that like nobody gives a shit about what you did when you were a teenager when you get older you know but it, it's just it's so terrible and th- and the thing is is what makes it the most terrible is that like that wasn't a one and done that you know it's it's going to happen again because Meta seems to not give a shit about it. No, and th- that dude's going to argue all all day long it's a computer's fault because the the answer is a lot of these people in Congress just they really don't understand how these computers work. And I it's not like I do either, but I think we're all getting a little hip to the fact that if they could do certain things, they could do other things. Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's where they choose to spend the time developing certain features and they don't in other areas. So that's a problem, but State senators have now passed a bill named Gavin's Law um, before sending it to the government. So uh, it's legislation that makes sexual extortion the act of blackmailing somebody using sexually explicit images, videos, blah, 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 a felony offense, an aggravated felony, especially if the victim is a minor or vulnerable adult. So so what my question is, though, like if this person lives in like another country, like does this really matter? Can they get in trouble here? Like, how does I, I that doubt work? it. And most, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Most, some, some of it is like really evil, pe- really sick people that are just doing it independently. But I feel like a lot of it is these people that just develop these these bots that go in and do whatever they can to get money. It doesn't matter what it is, and it's just a disgusting system. And we really have to get a handle on it because these. This tech industry of social media is still so unregulated in our government, and we need to be working on making it a safer place because it's getting out of control. It is so out of control. So hopefully this bill goes all the way through. I think it'll help a lot of people out, but they really got to get a system on all of this, and Homeboy's got to stop acting so innocent. He's very smart. He's one of the richest people in the world. He knows exactly what he's doing. I I think... I think he does, but I also think that he's like scared little boy. That's every time I see him, it's like he looks like a scared little boy and he's like, what the fuck have I done? Like he just he he's he's opened something that he didn't know again with with the whole Neuralink thing. It's like he didn't even think in his wildest dreams that anybody would be live streaming homicides and this because like when you're a good person i mean because he stole the idea so of course he didn't think out everything (laughs) because it's not even his idea yeah maybe i can't believe his board hasn't pushed him out yet i will not be surprised if in the next decade that happens and i will be sitting there with popcorn watching the whole thing (laughs) so 
Okay, on to questions of the day. Every Friday, we put a little question box on the at Mother Knows Death Instagram. You guys can ask away any type of question, medical-related, personal-related. We clearly like to talk about anything. So first, do tattoos look any different on bodies during autopsy, or do they stay mostly the same? They, If if you're just dead and then we examine your body that day or the next day, they look the same. Um, if you decompose... A lot of times, one of the first uh, steps in decomposition is that the skin starts to, the epidermis layer or the top layer of the skin starts to separate from the dermis or the bottom layer of the skin. And it's kind of cool, actually. If the epidermis slips off of the top layer of the dermis, the tattoo, so if you have like, if you're like an older guy, like seven-year-old guy that got a tattoo in the Navy or something, and it looks like a blurry anchor that you could barely (laughs) even tell it's an anchor, it's crazy because when the epidermis comes off in the dermis, the tattoo usually looks like super crisp and clear in the dermis. It's really oh, wow. interesting looking. Yeah. Yeah. Because I learned from your lecture a couple years ago that uh, tattoo ink goes, what, seven layers deep in the skin? Yeah. It goes all the way into the dermal layer. Yeah. Like depending on who does it, right? It could They could put it way too deep or not deep enough. But that is cool, though. Okay. Next. Have you been in the middle of an autopsy and stumbled upon a missing organ or body part? Yeah, sure, all the time. Um, I found extra body parts. Like, what one of my favorite things to find is like, well, maybe different ones too. So sometimes people have, they could have like double ureters for their kidney. So instead of having one ureter that goes to the bladder, they'll have four. They could have two on each side. So that would be like an extra body part. Um, people could have something called an accessory spleen, so you could find multiple spleens in a person. That's always really fun. And yeah, most of the time they don't tell us that that's that's happening because they're well, a double ureter would be a could be a problem for people. Some people have them and don't even know they have it, or some people know they have it and don't have any problems with it. But other times you could get urinary tract problems with that. But um. There's times where we do autopsies on people that have had kidney transplants. And believe it or not, when you get a kidney transplant, they usually just leave your old kidney in there. So sometimes I've seen like three kidneys really? and people, four <laughs> kidneys and people. Yeah. Um, so like in cer- certain situations like that. But usually I would read the chart ahead of time and know the person had a transplant. So I wouldn't be like, what the hell is this doing here? Yeah. <laughs> um. And and obviously people that have had other kinds of surgeries and stuff. I mean, you have people that have bowel resections and you open them up and there's like they don't have an entire colon or something. So, yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's cool. I never thought about finding extras. I actually, and I actually I actually hate that because like if people had lots of surgeries, the autopsies are just so much more difficult to do because we talked about um, with Lisa Marie Presley having surgical adhesions and stuff and. That makes it difficult for us, too, if there's lots of scars to take the organs out the normal way. That's cool. All right. Well, thank you, guys. After you're done listening to our podcast, you should go over to Behind the Shield podcast and listen to an awesome interview that my mom did with James. He was super cool. The interview yeah, was, he was really cool. great. So Yeah, that was great. So listen to that. He was just asking me questions about my life, how I met Gabe, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It was, it was fun. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And thank you to Stink Bomb for sponsoring this episode. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to Mother Knows Death. 
As a reminder, my training is as a pathologist assistant. I have a master's level education and specialize in anatomy and pathology education. I am not a doctor and I have not diagnosed or treated anyone, dead or alive, without the assistance of a licensed medical doctor. This show, my website, and social media accounts are designed to educate and inform people based on my experience working in pathology so they can make healthier decisions regarding their life and well-being. Always remember that science is changing every day and the opinions expressed in this episode are based on my knowledge of those subjects at the time of publication. If you are having a medical problem, have a medical question, or are having a medical emergency, please contact your physician or visit an urgent care center, emergency room, or hospital. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother Knows Death on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks.